Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in Millville, Pennsylvania with Brian Eaton, the co-founder of Grist House Craft Brewery. Thanks for having me out, Brian. Oh, thanks for being here. Excited and, to do this. And it uh, saved me from doing something I didn't really want to do, so <laughs> it's a double pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was saying before we started, it had been forever since I was here, um, so I think we'll We'll get into like the changes of the gun too, but first, mm-hmm. uh, I normally start out every episode uh, getting a little bit of your backstory yeah. and then uh, how Grist House came to be. So, what uh, what were you doing before Grist House became your plan? Yeah, uh, so I was actually living as I mentioned before. We were uh, my wife and I were living in uh, Washington D.C., uh, both working down there after college and uh, home brewing at that point, and uh, my brother-in-law. Kyle, who's the other uh, co-founder, he would uh, come down, you know, occasionally, and uh, he would brew with us. Uh, he was living up in uh, Cleveland at the time, and uh, so were you working in some sort of government aspect mm-hmm. in technology or finance? So yeah, because that's DC. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So it was originally in government. So I worked for the United States Senate for um, okay. several years, and then left that and uh, was doing actual fundraising for nonprofit. Uh, and so it was basically, but political based nonprofit. Yeah, you know, wasn't wasn't curing cancer or anything. It was <laughs> uh, training people how to uh, run for politics and stuff like that. Yeah, having spent uh, I'd say the first four years of Uncapped focusing just on Maryland mm-hmm. and some Northern Virginia breweries, there's a very high concentration of like those three things yeah. is what all yep, just like, about, we don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to start a brewery. Yep. Yeah. So, and uh, we were still doing that. My wife and I uh, decided to move up to Pittsburgh. We grew up in Western Pennsylvania. And so we decided to move uh, up here in 2010. And uh, that got us closer to uh, to Kyle and, and his now wife, uh, Colleen, who were living in Cleveland. And so uh, essentially every weekend uh, they were coming down to our house. We were brewing and, uh, you know, really enjoying it. Both neither of us really wanted to continue our kind of day job thing. And we're like, well, you know, we should start a brewery. We want a homebrew competition. Uh, we're like, all right, like people like our stuff. And we, we actually seriously considered Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Um, but at that time, this is uh, like 2012. Uh, Cleveland was a little bit more established as a beer scene. Um, you had, you know, Great Lakes and Fatheads and uh, some other great breweries up there. And, and Pittsburgh really only had a few. It's kind of crazy for how much people in Pittsburgh drink, mm-hmm. for how far behind craft beer was in this area. Yeah, it's always a, the, the old joke, you know, Pittsburgh's always five years behind the rest of the country. And so, which is, can be a good thing, you know. And uh, and yeah, it definitely was a little bit behind this, uh, on uh on the craft beer scene, we had East End, um, Church, uh, uh, Penn Brewery, and, and a few others. Uh, but I think at the time there was only like five or six uh, what would be considered craft breweries actually operating uh, in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's weird because like people in Pittsburgh drink a lot. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually I worked for a company when I still lived up here that had um, an office in California also, mm-hmm. and there was one time a group of us were out there. And someone came up to the table that everyone was sitting at at the bar and was like, are you guys from Pittsburgh, PA? Or Pennsylvania, no one says PA outside of. <laughs> no. 
And they were like, and everyone was like, like, yeah, why? Like, is it our accents? He's like, no, because no one drinks like you people. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth, man. It's uh, it's definitely a drinking city. But it it took a while for craft beer to take a hold. But then uh, once Pittsburgh caught up, it caught up fast. Yeah. Yeah, There's several of you guys out here that are putting out amazing beer. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, when we opened uh, a couple other ones that we mentioned, you know, you mentioned Hitchhiker uh, and Brew Gentleman opened up the same month that we did. And so. Uh, in that time frame, 2014, I think at that point we were like the eighth or ninth craft brewery. So um, there's only a few of us, and that was what only eight years ago. Now we're looking at uh, I think there's 46 breweries just in Allegheny County. Uh, so it's uh, it's like you said, we caught up fast. Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly now either seeing like like one of my friends from up here mm-hmm. from my youth sharing like a brewery starting out because a yeah. bunch of our craft beer fans are just like some of the Pittsburgh craft beer groups on Facebook. I see like another one being shared that it's open. I'm like, yeah. wow, they're, oh, yeah. they're on fire now. Yeah, yeah. So it's going on pretty fast, soon. Yeah. You guys are going to be the elder statesmen of yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> right, yeah. <brewing. laughs> yeah. That, uh, I think that moment's coming up pretty quick on us. So since we've been around for eight years, so, um, uh, but it's, it's been exciting, uh, the past few years to kind of see that growth and, uh, um, you know, uh, people really embraced, especially like Pittsburgh's very local focused, right? Like everybody's kind of from their own little uh, section of Pittsburgh. You know, I'm from Lawrenceville or I'm from Millvale or I'm from, you know, Mount Lebanon. And, and now that they have a, a brewery in their uh, little part of Pittsburgh, now that's like, you know, there's that claim. Yeah, I've always described Pittsburgh to people as like one of the most self-segregated places in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there, and there are still like those pockets of just like extreme ethnic yeah consolidation. I was, just having, the I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. They said uh, they're just over in Etna, which is the next little town right next to us, and they have people that they they run into that are you know in their seventies and like. Yeah, born and raised, I've, I've never been downtown. And it's, like, mind-blowing because downtown is, you could walk there in 25 minutes from Etna, and they're like, I've never left Etna. And it's like, that's, they're just like, that's my town. This is where I'm staying my entire life. Yeah, it's crazy when you hear people say that about leaving a state. Yeah. <laughs> but leaving, like, a micro area yeah. of it. <laughs> I've never been to downtown Pittsburgh, and it's that's like, uh, insane. Yeah, it's like there's nothing for me down there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like oh, okay, that's 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 your thing. But uh, no, it's it's so cool the uh, uh, that explosive growth, the quality of beer coming out, and uh, and yeah, we're happy to be a part of that, and kind of uh, we're towards the forefront of that, and uh, so it's been an exciting thing to see. So I I also typically ask. Um, where the brewery's name came from, but I feel like it's kind of a, is, is there a, there's a bit of a story behind okay. it because when we were looking at it, we, we basically wanted to tie in two things. One, well, kind of three things, right? Brewing and then Pittsburgh. And then the fact that we're a family run and, and operated brewery. And so, uh, grist is obviously the cracked grain in the brewing process, but then also because of the rivers here in Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh's always had a, a long brewing history and, um, because of the rivers, there's a ton of grist mills, which was used to crack the grain for either brewing or for um, for bread making, things of that nature. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the tie into Pittsburgh. And then the house is obviously kind of self-explanatory with the family type of thing. I actually, I never knew that, that the the grist mill yeah, part of yeah. it. Yeah, so long, uh, the Allegheny, the Mon, the Ohio, there's always a bunch of old grist mills. Now we're talking like, you know, 18th century, yeah, yeah. You know, late 1800s, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was uh, part of the whole thing. There's, there's actually in Millville where we're sitting right now, um, prior to Prohibition, there was actually three decent-sized breweries right here in Millville. Uh, some of the remnants of the buildings you can actually kind of see um, from here. Uh, one got uh, torn down when they widened 28 here, but yeah, there's just uh, a really long history. I think 
at one point there was uh, over 100 uh, breweries kind of in this area. That was pre-prohibition. So one thing uh, I always hear the stories of when places are opening up, they talk about all the help they've gotten mm-hmm. from local breweries. Was it? Do you think it was a little bit harder since when you were opening there really wasn't as many breweries to look to for advice or help in this area or, or were there still enough of the, the guys that had been doing it for a while that you, you had people you could go to? Yeah, there definitely, there was, uh, I mean, one of the ones we got to give a lot of credit to is uh, Scott Smith from East End. Um, one of the he, nicest people in the yeah, industry. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, East End's been around, uh, what, it's got to be 17, 18 years now, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's 18. It's going yeah. on. It's definitely, they're close to 20. Yeah. And so he was uh, he was a big help, obviously. And he was the one who um, we always considered, like, the first craft brewery that was kind of still around. Like, you know, church was around. They're the brew pub style. Easton started as a production. They were doing growler fills, right? Like, in 2004, when you're starting up, especially here, he was kind of breaking the ground for craft breweries. And so uh, we leaned on him. Uh, but then also one of the biggest helps for us was actually uh, the Trogner brothers from Trogues. Okay. Um, so we got connected with them through the uh, company that we got our tanks through. And so we spent some time out there uh, with John. and, and Another uh, great uh, group of people to yeah, get uh, yeah, <laughs> advice from. Oh, 100%. There, He was huge. And um, uh, and that's when everybody asked when we are getting our start. Like, we owe a lot to, to John and Chris. And uh, uh, taking time out of their day, I mean, they were extremely busy individuals but yeah. for them to sit down with a couple of uh you know young kids who were like oh we're gonna start a brewery we we homebrewed a few <laughs> batches and he's there with a you know 50 barrel system that he's like cranking out like a ton of beer it's well and also what's great about both of those two both scott and the Tr- the trugner brothers to as the advice givers both of them started out in like dumpy little tiny breweries yeah, yeah. and expanded to much larger much op- larger stuff. operations so like could kind of give you advice to, uh, for any level of help that you might need to grow with. That was, that was a huge thing. Um, seeing how they went through that process. And when we were working with, uh, even Scott, I mean, he was still in that original spot and then it was just a couple years later, he moved over to the so spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the keg out. To yeah. the, yeah, we got growler fills today. We actually have beer, like yeah. that whole thing. So it's been, it's been interesting to see that. And so like, I always like that uh, kind of pay it forward. Like Scott was a huge help for us, the Trogner Brothers. And so whenever we've had uh, people come to us, uh, you know, looking for, for advice or, or startup and stuff like that, then uh, it's a pleasure for us to always, you know, kind of help people out. So how did you, – you mentioned that you'd won a homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. How was your first homebrew, though? Oh, the first homebrew? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh the ones we're talking about in uh, D.C., I, I believe uh, we called it something of like something apocalypse. We're trying to do stouts, and it just ended up uh, to like a, an everything stout, highest alcohol we could get, and it was almost not consumable. Okay, <laughs> good. I, I was hoping, because I, I didn't want to have to think I'm talking to a liar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't trust anyone yeah. that... Uh, that that tells me how good their first. Yeah, I think we was. I think we threw a we threw a party. We always did these big uh, like St. Patrick's Day and like yeah. Oktoberfest parties because we all lived in a big house. You know, it was uh, after college years, and uh, we had that homebrew on. And I think there was one of our old uh, fraternity buddies came by, and he for some reason loved it. And I think he drank most of that sixth hole, thankfully, so we didn't have to dump it. But. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. What uh, what competition was it that you won? Uh, there was one that held up at uh, in Erie. So we actually grew up up in uh, Erie, PA. Okay. So Kyle, myself, uh, our head brewer Sean, um, uh, and so there was a competition up there that was held at uh, the Brew Erie. It's been around for quite a while. It's in the old uh, train station, and so they would hold a 
uh, a homebrew competition every year. And so we uh, we entered for that and we figured, ah, I might as well take the beer back yeah. to our hometown, see how it does, see if people like it. And uh, uh, yeah, people people loved it. It was great. And that was kind of the, the final kind of kick that we needed. We're like, all right, you know, maybe we can we can make this happen. I won second place at the Great Frederick Fair. One okay, year. okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. And then I didn't brew anymore <laughs> after that. It's, it's, it's Taking a, my trophy and going home. Oh, it, it's, <laughs> it's just it's a lot easier to uh, let the professionals do it, yeah, and yeah. then I just enjoy what you, what you do. What yeah. you take care of. <laughs> so how um, how lo- long from when you started brewing to when you really thought like this is something I, I could make a living off of? Was it? Oh, I mean, I think we started brewing down in DC and. 2007 2008 ish and so it really wasn't until like 2011 2012 where um i think that competition was in 2012 and uh that was kind of the, the impetus so i mean i guess it was about five years yeah. you know before you know four or five years where we we're like all right like we really enjoy this and uh it was becoming much bigger at that time we figured you know we could probably uh, find a place and, and make a living off of this. And it, it's grown, you know, much more rapidly than we, we kind of expected too, which has been good. Yeah. So. That seems like a very common thing that happens, which is very good mm-hmm. f- to craft breweries saying that, because I feel like if you get into something thinking like, yeah, this is how quickly I'm going to expand, you probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like thinking like, holy crap, I never expected this to take off like it did. Yeah. Then, like, and it's always like if you you know have more money than uh, you know you're just yeah. like oh I can throw a ton of money at this and I'm gonna make great stuff and so we you know obviously had our knocks and, and we we learned uh, from experience and so it's always funny like when we got started like the the beers we made we were you know happy-ish with them like we were we were figuring things out at that point but now looking back it's like we're always trying to get better and you know expand our knowledge and and improve our process and so. You know, it's almost a night and day difference. I feel like every year we're doing something to, to produce better beer. All right, let's take a real quick sponsor break. Um, and then uh, I have a couple more questions about the beginnings of Grist House, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. So right. we'll be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So was it more the allure of craft beer 
or the hatred of politics <laughs> that motivated you more into wanting to open Grist House? I would say it's probably 50-50, to be honest. <laughs> That's but a I, nice I never, Yeah, I never, I've never looked back, especially the state of politics today. I never look back and be like, man, I really wish I was still doing that. Yeah, you probably got out at, at just in time. It was a very good time to get out, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, and now I can uh, you know, drink for pleasure instead of drinking for drowning my sorrows. Yeah, so. to, to, to get by. <laughs> to get by, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you opened, when actually I think you're still on your original system yeah. that you opened with and everything. What, uh, what size brew house uh, did you open? Well, do you have? Yes. And, like, tank, what what do you have tank wise? So we started with a uh, a fifteen barrel three vessel system uh, from QTS, which is a, a great company out of uh, Wisconsin. And uh, so we started with that fifteen barrel system, four fifteen barrel fermenters, and one fifteen barrel uh, bright. Uh, we quickly learned that we needed to add another fifteen barrel bright if we actually wanted to turn over beers in a proper amount of time. And then uh, we eventually traded in the one 15-barrel bright for a 30 and got two more 30-barrel uh, uh, fermenters. And so that's basically the system we've been running on since uh, late 2016, I think. So it seems like the breweries in Pittsburgh that do open, open up with larger systems. Obviously, there, there's some outliers that do smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of Maryland breweries start with sometimes significantly smaller or even to the seven, 10 barrel systems. Is that a function of like being able to get into distribution in this area or do do Pittsburghers just dream bigger from the beginning? (laughs) I, I think the, uh, starting with a little bit larger systems been, uh, more in the past like couple years. Um, there was a stretch there where the majority of breweries that were opening were, uh, coming online with, uh, like that seven to 10 barrel uh, size system. Um, uh, 15 is kind of the, the middle size here in Pittsburgh. There's only a couple uh, that have a 20-barrel system. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, with 46 breweries, I would say – I should know the number off the top of my head, but I believe it's like there's probably 10 to 15 of us that are operating on 15-barrel and above. The rest are typically like 10 barrels or below. So, um, so you you do go into distribution, correct? It's yeah. Not a, but mainly it's tapper – Tap room to go or Mostly tap room in. Yeah, and that's where a lot of the um, uh, breweries start off is just with the, the tap room model, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, that uh, has really picked up in the last decade. Um, the nice thing about PA is it's a self-distribute state, so you don't have to get in with uh, a distributor or a wholesaler. Yeah. You can self you can do it all yourself, which is great. Um, and so that size system allows basically, uh, I think a lot of folks who may have started off, uh, I think like Hitchhiker is a great example, right? They started with, uh, I believe it was like a three barrel system and then they quickly realized they needed to get a bigger yeah. system. They got their sharp Oh, that's right, spot. cause they're uh, the um, Mount Lebanon. Is the original, kind of, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, Andy was going crazy brewing on that three barrel and now they're uh, brewing on a, a 15 barrel system that they got over in Sharpsburg. And so uh, to get into any of the distribution around here, uh, it's definitely necessary to have that little bit of larger size, but also tap rooms are um, extremely popular. It's a lot of places when they've opened up, they become the, instead of just the neighborhood, you know, bar, which is very popular in, in Pittsburgh, yeah. a lot of dive bars is like bars on every corner. Yeah. Um, you become the local brewery. And so the tap rooms are very popular. And so to actually be able to supply a tap room, plus get your name out into the distribution stream, you need to have a little bit larger of a system. Are you available in many retail places in the area, or do you mainly focus on just selling through here? Uh, for us, it fluctuates a little bit. Um, summertime is obviously much more popular, much busier, um, because we're very outside focused. Yeah. We have a large outdoor space. Um, 
And so summertime, most of the beer is sold out of here. And then wintertime, it shifts a little bit. We do a little bit more wholesale. We work with um, essentially like 30 to 50, um, <clears throat> what I would say are like bar restaurant accounts. And then um, the pandemic kind of forces us into uh, getting into a few more uh, distributors. And so uh, we're canning a lot more um, as we're kind of coming out of the, the pandemic and the things we've learned from that. So right now we have, I think about 20 different distributors that we have our beer on uh, pretty consistently. And by beer, I mean like basically we're placed with uh, cans and stuff like that. Um, but nothing, we haven't gotten really into like the uh, kind of supermarket uh, side of things. It's mostly just like the um, <clears throat> retail distributors and then bars and restaurants. How does it, I mean, I guess going into like the, anyone listening doesn't know how Pennsylvania uh, beer works. Mm. There are beer distributors that like, that's basically like your beer store mm -hmm. in any other state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing like getting into those is probably easier, right? Like yeah. or le less work from a sales standpoint on your ends because it's state controlled. So you only have to work with. Well, so the, are those still independently? Those owned? are still independently. Owned. Oh, yeah. So, it's yeah. only the state, state like yeah. liquor is run by the state. Liquor and wine is state. Yeah. So um, for us, it's uh, uh, with that three tier system, you basically, you know, you have your manufacturer, then you're basically your main distributors, which are the big guys around here, um, like the Fuhrers, Vicini's, Wilson McGinley's, stuff like that. Um, and then you have the, uh, are essentially the retail side, right? And the retail distributors are your, um, you know, kind of mom and pop shops that you go in and it's basically just, they focus solely on beer. Um, and so you have the, like the, the drive-through ones that are kind of located outside the, uh, the city and then inside it's basically walk-in shops. And so um, it, it's nice to deal with those uh, folks because especially with the self-distribution model, you're able to kind of control the product a bit more. You can make sure like you're working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, you're making sure that your, your beer is in a cooler and staying cold the whole time. And, and they're, they're passionate about carrying local products um, just as much as we are just selling to them. Well, yeah, because as you pointed out earlier, like Pittsburgh is definitely one of those areas where local means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, are the beer distributor retail locations, are they able to sell less than a case now, or is it still case only from those? No. So they, that, that changed in, uh, I think it was 2017. There was a law that passed that changed kind of, uh, a bit of liquor code surrounding that. And so they're actually able to do uh, four packs. So like single packs, uh, okay, single four so packs, like normal, six packs, normal. Yeah, type. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that changed a bit. It's not all only case, which was such yeah, a weird thing for so long. Anyone, and I think that's really what held back craft beer mm -hmm. for the longest time in this area is because if you wanted to try something, mm -hmm. you were, you were a case into it, it unless yep. you were at a bar that happened to have something on tap. Yeah. Because the bars but, were able to do, um, some like four packs and stuff to go. Yeah. So like bars had that, but the, smaller distributors it was their their hands were tied with only the case and so that that law change helped uh and, and you kind of see uh, there's some correlation there with like when that law changed you then saw a, a much steady increase on the amount of brewers open up because there was more uh retail shape or shelf space now available um because yeah. so, people are going out and picking up four packs instead of having to be tied into a whole well, case because yeah, especially like a case of craft beer oh, you're yeah. not going to roll the dice on yeah. <laughs> i mean what like sometimes 70 dollar plus yeah, yeah. For, for a case and of it's beer you never you yeah. never tried before you try yeah. it and I'm like well i hate this yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i'm stuck with all the yeah <laughs> so because that's like even 
um, in Maryland, when I first started really getting into craft beer, I would only go to places that you could buy singles from mm-hmm. because I just wanted to try as much different stuff as I could. Yeah. It was a lot easier to try everything back then because yeah. it was like 2008-ish, yeah, 2009. Yeah. So like, you could try everything yeah, just about like that was 2,000 breweries in the yeah. country, right? And they yeah, only yeah. made like their regular stuff yeah, and yeah. maybe an occasional specialty. It's not the, <laughs> it's not the every week something yeah. new is coming out, right? <laughs> But you, so you guys, though, do have a fairly um, sizable portfolio of constant beers you make, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I like think the core beers. Core beers, like, yeah. Uh, and we, we always try to be coming out with something new, but, um, you know, people always like consistency. It's that weird thing, right? Like, people want to know that they can get that beer, but then they always want what's new, right? Like, it was like, oh, what's the new thing that you have out? And so we try to, um, you know... There's our big like, kind of specialty is uh, hazies, obviously, which are super big right now. And like, so hazy beers and then uh, fruited sours. And so we have a couple um, beers uh, in that portfolio that we try to always keep on. Hazy Dog Juice Grenades, one, um, like our Kaboom Candy series of fruited sours is another. So we always try to have uh, some of those available. And then um, usually once a week, there's also a new brand that's, uh, that's coming out. So kaboom candy, at least mm-hmm. if I remember from the last time I tried it, it's not like a smoothie sour though. No, it's a, it has plenty of fruit flavor, mm-hmm. but it's not. Uh, it's, it's not, not a super dessert. thick dessert sour. Yeah, yeah, it's not a dessert sour. It's uh, a little bit lighter, like usually around six percent, um, like a lot of fruit in it, but it's not. Uh, you know, not that real thick uh, kind of yeah. drinking your dessert. dessert. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so it, it is the the what you're definitely most known for everywhere is your hazies. Yeah. yeah. And then a little bit for the although I can say it like this lager I'm drinking right now is absolutely oh, phenomenal. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, been a big thing now. And so we've uh, we're starting to enjoy making that um, getting some more lagers out there. And what we always set out to do is basically, <clears throat> especially because we've been very taproom focused since the beginning, is try to have a variety for everybody. So when you come in, it's not just, you know all you have is hazies or all you have is lagers or all you have is like fruited sours. We try to make uh, a, a nice selection available for, for anybody who comes in because we learned very quickly, especially since craft beer hadn't gripped Pittsburgh um, as it has now, that there was a lot of education from our end, right? We had customers coming in, you're trying to convince them to try beers, yeah. you're trying to get them to spend $6 on a pint that you know, was something they may never have tried before. How often do you get asked what you have is that's like Iron City? <laughs> Actually, uh, not as much as we did in the past. So, okay. yeah, I think the craft beer consumers become a bit more educated. But, uh, yeah, in the beginning it was, uh, you know, what do you have? It's like Iron City. What's, uh, you know, I, I like Icy Light Mango. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like that a, stuff yeah. is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's like for for as bad as I, icy light is, icy light mango is just <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> so it's uh it, it's fun to kind of see that progression of uh, you know the craft beer consumer would come in and you're trying to like say oh this is the style you like here try this and we still do get some of that and education is uh, part of the fun with it you know it's like hey you've always drank this this is something that we're making that's very similar. You should try it. And usually we can get some, some converts on that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely been a lot different than it was eight years ago. Yeah. All right, let's take um, a real quick uh, sponsor break and we get back uh, a little bit more questions like the evolution of Grist House from where you started to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. 
District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So did when you first opened it, well, actually, do you have a canning line or do you uh, contract? Yes, yeah, so we have a canning line. Okay. Uh, we bought that in uh, late 2018. So before okay. then, we were using... Oh, so perfect um, timing. You had, yeah. had that fully in place yeah, and ready that, for that was a what was going to happen two years later. Yeah, that was a huge lifesaver because we were using um, Ironheart uh, Cannon. And, um, and, and they were great when we worked with them. And then we were like, all right, like we're doing this consistently enough and, uh, let's, let's get our own line. Uh, got that, had that operational. And then, yeah, that was, uh, the pandemic hit and it went from being, you know, we were a tap room brewery with a little distribution to overnight canning a hundred percent of our beer and, uh, trying to, you know, get it out to wholesale as quickly as possible. Yeah. Cause if not, you would have been in that, uh, just waiting line of getting their, the their beer, scheduling yeah. space to be able to have them come in and can it and also yeah. like the, the substantially less profit. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you're paying for that. Else's. Yeah. So yeah, we, we were one of the, the lucky few who kind of had something in place already and we were able to just kind of, you know, throw the switch and change everything up a bit. So before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about the expansion that mm-hmm. you're wrapping up on now. Yeah. How, um, how soon after you opened did that project start and how quickly did you like, well, I mean, we need more seats. Yeah. Like, uh, we always kind of knew we needed more seats and uh, uh, we actually had started looking for a second location, um, which we actually found, which is our, our new spot that's going to be out in Collier Township. Uh, so I can talk a little bit about that. But so we had that project in the back of our mind for Alan Collier. Uh, and then uh, we knew we needed more additional seats here in Millvale. Um, we had kind of some space that was right next to the uh, where we're at right now, the original building. And so uh, kind of the pandemic hit and we're like, all right, like now's the time if we're going to put this building up. You know, we always knew we needed more seating. We can do it now since we're really just doing four packs to go. There's not people sitting around yeah. here in a construction zone. And so. Uh, that 14 months where we were closed down, we just kind of really got after putting this building up. And so the whole idea is we just needed more bathrooms and we need more seats. So the whole concept is um, a large bar with uh, plenty of taps, lots of places to order beer, additional seating inside, and then more bathrooms. So uh, that way in the wintertime, uh, we can, you know, basically when it's cold out here, we still have the fire pits and everything going and people can hang out outside, but there's a place to get warm and a lot more seating inside. And so that's real close to finishing up, um, you know, a couple months here and we'll have that going. It's the final like painting and tile work and all that stuff. But 
Now, if I remember correctly, did the original building there, did it go all the way out to where the edge of the patio was? Uh, pretty close because okay. we had, we had uh, our uh, cold storage container was kind of sitting over here, okay. and that was kind of the edge of the property. Because I vaguely so kind of remember it felt like you were walking down an alleyway. Yep. To, yeah, to, to get, get all the way here. back into yeah. here. Yeah, I was always tucked behind. It was amazing how many. And it kind of still happens. I like people will come in, and because we have the beer trailer out front, they're like, they walk in and they're like, Oh, this is the brewery. They don't realize there's a building yeah. just around the corner. So, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I would have found it if it wasn't for like my brother-in-law who had been here before. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like it, it, that fence, and you find parking, and yeah. you're like, all right, is this it? And then we still have people that kind of that occurs, right? They like kind of come in, and now with this building here, they're yeah. they're trying to open the door to go in there because they think that's the the tap room. It's like, no, it's not done not yet. yet. Like, <laughs> yep, the, everything's around the corner. You just got to keep walking. So. So you had mentioned um, the devastating flooding mm -hmm. that took place here. Is that so? It, does that creek there flood often, or was that like a once in a like what do they call it a hundred year flood yeah, or whatever? Well, flood so when we so one of the worst floods here in Millville was in two thousand four, and so when we bought the building in twenty thirteen, they're like, oh, that was like you know the hundred year flood, and so we got it, it we out got, of the way. Yeah, yeah, we like Army Corps of Engineer came in and like trudged the whole creek, and you know it it, it should be fine, and so there's always that little fear in the back, yeah. and then in twenty eighteen, it actually did flood, and it came into the brewery and. And all that, and it's funny that you were actually in town when that happened. That's yeah. kind of a small world, but uh, it was—I was either in town or it was like right afterward because I like I was at Dancing Gnome, yeah. and they brought it up. It like we're like man, we're like talking about how bad they feel about what was happening. Yeah, and, uh, those, those guys are great, and they were obviously contacted us and whatnot. But it was funny because it was. Uh, I was actually bringing my firstborn home from the hospital that day. So like oh, I'm at geez. the we're at the hospital and like I'm watching the weather and all this stuff and talking to Kyle, my my partner, and he's like, um, he's like, yeah, we're we're flooding. And so I'm like leaving the hospital. We drive by here. Like the cops let me come into town because they knew who I am. I yeah, like yeah. drive by and I look around. And we're like, the flooding water is just receding. And so like I take my wife and and Rowan home and drop them off, and I come back here and we're cleaning for the next like 48 hours trying to get everything oh, back to normal. Is, so was that your first kid? My first kid. Oh, yeah, that, that so, makes yeah. it a million times worse. <laughs> exactly. That's but like, no one's gonna remember his birthday. It's the, the year the brewery flooded. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't not nearly as traumatic, uh, but when our first was born, it was that year that there were three blizzards in a row. Oh, yeah, it yeah. wasn't quite, it was bad up here, but not quite as bad as it was in Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that time, I the first one, the, day, the two days after she was born, we got, like, a foot and a half. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. later on that year is when we got, like, 36 inches yeah. and then, like, 20-some inches. Yeah. Just but piling on, they yeah. sent us home in the in. middle <laughs> of that first storm where yeah. there, was, there was already like eight inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And I said to the nurse, I was like, I my car won't drive through this. I because I went yeah. out to the car to get the to get the, the car seat. Yeah. 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 In the the um, the snow was already up past the bumper. Yeah. Her response to me was, you don't know anyone with four wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I had to walk out of the room yeah, yeah. before I said things that was going to get it's, me in uh, trouble. I mean, thankfully, like we lived a mile away oh, from okay, the brewery yeah. and I did have a friend with a Jeep, but it was still like, I was just so furious. Bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Cause first off, you know, first kid you're leaving and yeah, they're, like, no they're like, I did what we're and doing. And they're like, Oh yeah. It looks like you strapped him in. Right. Good luck. Yeah. Like, what are you talking? There's no instruction manual. With this yeah. like, what the hell am I? Yeah. You're just yeah, going to so let me leave with this child. Yeah. <laughs> we're already terrified. Yeah. We're being sent home in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> But at least we didn't have the trauma of like 
oh, Jonathan your, your, Pattinson yeah, seeing yeah, my yeah. business, your business my, underwater, my life's work <laughs> yeah. being uh, flooded. So how how bad did it make it into the the brewery itself? Because I know uh, you say like it destroyed the building. Yeah, the, the, the now, former apartment building that was there. Yeah, that just uh, was kind of shot from the flood. The foundations weren't that great and everything. But also, it was a hundred and twenty year old building. Yeah. So, although the, that mean in a way that it might have been a blessing for you. Yeah, I mean uh, everything kind of came yeah. to fruition. <laughs> but in here, I, I think it came back into the brewery about like a foot, foot and a half, okay. and so. Uh, we kind of always had it in the back of our mind, like, this is a possibility. So, like, we've always tried to design and keep things, like, okay. well off the ground, you know, like, all that stuff. So, in case it ever did happen, we could try to get cleaned up, bleach everything down, and try to get back to business as soon as possible. So, luckily, it happened, like, later in the week. And so, we were only shut down for, like, a Thursday and Friday. And then uh, we were able to get back open that Saturday. And the, yeah, the amount I remember of support was great. you were able so. to rebound pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, and now it's, it's sadly, it's uh, uh, kind of become a, a yearly fear because we've had almost every year since then, it, it's come close to yeah. coming over the, uh, the, the top again. And so this new building, when we put it up, we're like, this thing we're going to make so it's nothing's flood proof, but yeah. we're going to make it so everything is like, if yeah, water ever does come in, we can clean it up and, and yeah. get things back to normal sure as quickly two, as possible. Two feet higher now, yeah. right? Yep. Maybe. Yeah. And so we brought it up that much higher. And so... Uh, 2004 was the last time it had ever gotten that high. Okay. And so hopefully that 100-year thing kind of yeah. holds true. Well, plus you said, like, they, they dredge, <laughs> they, they did dredge all so that they probably, out, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, if you get that bad of a storm again, it'll still still won't yeah. be quite but as it, But it is interesting to see, yeah. like, even last night, right? Like, it stormed here last night. And yeah. it, it comes up quick, and you're kind of watching it. And so we kind of have the gauges where we know, like, all right, like, how long has it rained? How much has come <laughs> down? Like, do we need to start, like moving everything to higher ground. When a few days, too, is really, really bad up here, wasn't it? Did it... This did, past weekend or... Did it, yeah, 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 over the weekend. Over the weekend, yeah, it stormed. Yeah, Saturday we got a bad okay. storm, and then it, and then last night it, it rained pretty Did hard, it come close like, then? No, no, okay. it wasn't bad yet. It, it, it takes a couple sustained days of rain to, to really bring it over. So I used to work at... It was... Uh, I think it was after my freshman year of college. I worked at a Dodge dealership on 51. It's oh, yeah. a Honda dealership, I okay. think, now. In that area, it, so it's an intersection in, I think it's Pleasant Hills right there, where there's a huge okay. sheets, and then oh, Bowser, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bowser's there, and then there's a Honda dealership. Yeah. That Honda dealership used to be a Dodge dealership. Okay. And I worked there, and that would flood all the Oh, yeah, because the there's time. that creek. I forget which yeah. one that is, but it's down the, through there. And yeah. there, were, there were a couple times where we had to clear the lots because, like, water was up past yeah, the bottom of the cars. The cars, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, I blew up like what cracked the block of one because I, I just gunned it through <laughs> through, the water. through yeah they were so mad at I, me I, I hated them so I didn't yeah, care yeah. <laughs> I was a punk kid yeah okay, yeah, yeah I was like yeah what do I get <laughs> yeah but here you know, make this me guy's go. like you just like ruined a thirty thousand dollar car yeah. yeah oh it probably was close <laughs> yeah too. I was here you know, make me go out in this, this deluge yeah, yeah and move cars yeah, you're gonna see what's gonna happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, so this is definitely not a. Well, there's there's a lot of water. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. There is a lot of water. Yep, and with the hills and everything, the way yeah. stuff comes down, it, uh, it it's definitely a threat. But uh, I think they've taken care of a lot of it, and hopefully, this building we shouldn't have to worry too much about it. So. Yeah. Uh, so how how much seating wise or capacity does that expand uh, for you? So inside, uh, we'll have seating for about 120. Um, which is great because right now our tap room actual indoor seating is only like 38, so it truly expands it a lot. Um, yeah. And then plus with the the kind of raised patio that we have now and that outdoor seating, um, 
we essentially have to go off of the plumbing code. It's essentially like what your capacity is going to be oh, because there's so yeah. much outdoor space. It's based on basically our bathrooms. So uh, right now we can uh, have up to 480 people in okay. here. That's a that's nice big uh, yeah, increase, yeah. which is awesome. So, um, <clears throat> so it recently to semi recently, it seems like you went through a redesign of your branding. Kind of like there's a lot of can labels that were different. Did I? Am I noticing that correctly? Or uh, correctly it's been, or it's been it a couple years. Uh, okay. So, my, my, my oh, concept no. of time is so off. Oh, man, the past like three years <laughs> of like throwing everything off. Yeah, we. Uh, oh, uh, that's what I originally told you. It was like two years ago. Yeah. I had been in the tap room, and it turns out it was probably like 2017 that yeah, I was that, actually in the well, tap actually, it's room. It's funny. It was right around then is when we, uh, it was like late 2016 into 2017, we redesigned the whole um, uh, logo and kind of uh, well, those, the current well, logo. And then late 2017, we brought on, because we were working with an outside marketing firm yeah. who was doing kind of our label designs for the cans and everything. So late 2017, we brought that in-house and we hired uh, uh, Bailey, who's our marketing manager now. And so like all the can designs you've seen in the past, like four, four and a half years have now been all uh, Bailey's artwork and, and things like that. So the current Hazadelic was, has been, it's looked like it that long? Mm, I would say at least since 2018. Okay. Man. Maybe late 2017. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gone no, through, yeah. No no concept of time anymore. I know, yeah. So, but that, that uh, yeah, Bailey does an amazing job. Kind so of that, come up with that the was a and function that. of switching from an out, outside, outside firm yeah, to, to bring that in-house. inside. Okay. Yeah. And so. I like the new new ones. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, no. That, it's, uh, yeah, the, the guys we originally worked with did an awesome job and kind of we didn't know like what we wanted to do. And so Bailey did a great job of coming in and being like, and since she was here daily she kind of understand our kind of vision for yeah. it because like artwork creative side is not my strong suit so it's like basically like this is an idea i have and then she is the one who's able to take like my ramblings or kyle's ramblings and and turn them into something that actually looks nice yeah and so i always find that amazing working with like talented artists where yeah. you can just uh, spit out yeah. some uh, <laughs> word salad yeah yeah and like, they turn like somehow send you exactly what you what you're looking about yeah it's like this, this is what you meant it's like oh yeah yeah that's yeah, what i was trying to put in the word yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i feel like i i have great ideas for stuff too but i have absolutely no way how to verbalize it in a normal fashion let alone how to actually make Get it, it on the paper yeah. like how to sketch something out yeah, yeah. it's like I have no artistic yeah. ability no same yeah <laughs> so what what was the the craft beer that was your gateway into really falling in love with? So I feel like people always hate this, but it was uh, it was actually Blue Moon, and the reason being is uh, when I was in college, uh, went to Penn State and at in State College. There's the Mad Mex, which Mad Mex is kind of a, a local Pittsburgh. Um, I hate to call it a chain because it's still like locally owned yeah. and whatnot, but they have a bunch of restaurants. They had one in State College, and uh, they had an awesome dartboard and great like uh, all you can eat like taco special on like Tuesdays. But they always do like two dollar Blue Moons, and so like our buddies would go over. And so that was kind of the first craft beer because it was yeah. easily accessible and it was there. Um, and so that was the first one that I ever like really started drinking. But the one that like truly got me into um, kind of craft beer and especially IPAs was uh, Bell's Two Hearted. Okay, that's yeah. a better answer. I would, st- yeah. I would, I would stick with your that answer. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think you started out saying you get hate for it. I think uh, yeah. you won't get any. If it was just bells too hard. Yeah, just cut out that <laughs> beginning part and then. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that sent me on the journey from like bells too hard, and then I had a cousin who lived out in California who would send me uh, Bear Republic Racer Five. And oh, that all beer that. is so, so good. Yeah. So, 
and that was stands the test of time. Same with Bells, and uh, you know, obviously Sierra Nevada, you know, pale ales like always been a staple. So. I we had to stop at a friend's house on our way up here, um, and he he like gave me a bunch of Sapporos. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so uh, rice lager action, going yeah, yeah. And, which I mean, they're they're great beers. Yeah. Uh, and we were we were having a pool party yesterday, so it was the perfect Sephora timing because I I mean I just had a cooler full of heavy hazies. Yeah, and yeah. A, a decent selection of lagers, though. But um, my wife's fam part of my wife's family lives in San Diego, and okay. they, they were there also. So I just told them I brought them a bunch of stone to, so to they feel like at home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've, I'd always be curious if you ask anybody else that question, especially anybody who's like opened a brewery recently or got into craft beer like that answer has to be wildly different because like the craft beer i was exposed to in you know 2005 2006 yeah the, the variety now is like it, there's got to be some like much cooler answers like oh like i got into craft beer when i was you know 21 and by 21 i mean or, 18 when yeah. Started, yeah, it was like, uh, uh, and it was like some craft brewery out of like you know somewhere i don't know i still feel like the vast majority of the people i'm talking to are still like of that uh, that generation of beers, where it, like the first one was uh, Sierra Nevada, yeah. pit, or um, trying to think of other one of the like Dogfish uh, Head sixty or yeah, that's like that. a common yeah. one. Yeah. Um, like a, lo- a lot of those types yeah. of ones, because I think still most likely, unless you just have a friend who's super into craft beer, mm-hmm. like it's still going to be one of those much larger. Yeah, craft breweries that may be the first one when you got exposed to. Yeah, but it is always amazing how many times I've we've had to card people here who just recently turned twenty one, and I'm like, kudos to you. you yeah, know, you're, you just turned twenty one. You're coming out to a to a brewery, you know, a craft well, brewery. It's like, well, I think that's like a testament of like how just like going to a brewery, even if you have no idea mm-hmm. what they're making, is kind of like the cool thing to do. Yeah, like yeah. that's just where. Like that—that's just where it's cool to go hang out. Yeah, so like yeah. I have no idea what I'm gonna get, but but at least it's a, yeah. it's a cool space to be. Yeah, which is awesome. So I think that I think that's evidence of like what I've always kind of thought was like it's just that now a brewery is the cool place to go. Yeah, yeah, and so hopefully that will continue for a long time. And yeah. I think it will. It's like they're unique atmospheres and they're you know like just fun to hang out at. And yeah, and and I think a, a, so much of it too is that. Breweries kind of focus on the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just like it's not like a bar where like yeah. the transaction is just me giving you money, you giving me beer. Yeah, breweries put effort into making yeah. it an experience that, yeah. that you're yeah. coming and uh, having fun. And there's always events taking place, mm-hmm. or just and it's, it's like you said, it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah, it's, it truly is. And your your standard run of the mill kind of bar, yeah. like you reference here, like you have fire pits. You yeah, have, like it's just. It's, yeah, like just, I guess that is like the vibe, and you know, every place has their own kind of vibe. And our whole thing has always been like it's hanging out in your best friend's backyard, right? Like you're just going to relax. Like there's different things going on. There's uh, it's just a fun place to be and to, and to hang out and chill type of thing. So how? I think you may have already. I can't remember if it was while we were recording or beforehand. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you again, and sure. hopefully you haven't said it during the episode already. <laughs> uh, when when do you expect to have? 
the expanded area open? Uh, hopefully within the next couple months. Okay. Uh, definitely That's before right the down. definitely before the cold weather hits. Uh, we're like very close to like I said. It's just that it's that last ten percent of you know paint yeah. and tile and just the little things that need to be wrapped up and it'll be yeah. There's be always, ready to rock. There's always that segment. It goes from like nothing's done to it looks like it's almost done really quickly. And then it and grinds then, to yeah, a halt. And then it's all slow. Yep. And that's uh, we went through that the past like six months. It was like, you know, the roof went on, the siding, like yeah. people are like, garage doors are up. They're like, oh, it must be ready. And it's like, no, there's still yeah. still this other little stuff that like the mini school stuff that always adds up, right? Yeah. This takes forever. And especially because so much of it, so much of it is like specialized people that have to come do it. Yeah. It's like giving yeah. their time. And I'm probably I'm, I would imagine you've run into numerous delays on Trying to get stuff and the getting stuff's the end. We've actually built the whole thing ourselves. Okay. Um, so really, the only thing that we we brought in uh, folks to do the uh, the roof because we didn't want to yeah. do the metal roof and then uh, and then drywall finishers and then we have a buddy who uh, pours concrete. But uh, and then everything else we've been labeling ourselves. Oh so wow. It's like, yeah. So that also is you know takes a little bit longer because yeah, yeah. we're trying to. Run the brewery yeah. and then also build a Run building. Run a business yeah. while being a builder. While being a builder, exactly. So we, we, yeah, we've uh, learned our lessons on that. And so I think this is the last one we're actually going to do uh, <laughs> do ourselves. So. Uh, so speaking of the last one you're going to do yourselves, yeah. you had mentioned you have more to say about the Collier yeah. project. Yeah. So, so what what is that? So we uh, found uh, a building out in Collier Township, which if people aren't familiar with Pittsburgh, it's uh, essentially halfway in between downtown Pittsburgh and the airport. Um and it's the uh, former uh, command center for the Nike missile uh, program, which uh, was operational during the Cold War. It was you guys got a lot of press <laughs> yeah, on that, when yeah. you announced that. <laughs> yeah, and so it's, uh, and it's just kind of the pandemic and everything kind of like slowed that down a bit, but we're finally getting that uh, moving again. Uh, the building's just amazing. It's uh, 50,000 square feet. Uh, it's an old, you know, concrete building the, the views are awesome because it's one of the highest points in allegheny yeah. county we have an faa radar ball right next to us <laughs> like huge uh a lot and so the whole idea is that's going to house our production so we're going to increase our production okay. but also be a tap room uh seating for that we're talking around 700 people in that facility for a tap room decks outside we have a venue for uh uh, live music and also to uh rent out for like weddings and oh, nice. uh, corporate events so actually two separate spaces for that so We'll do a kitchen, tap room, uh, all the production will move out there. And uh, yeah, we're excited to get that moving. Uh, construction should actually start on that here within the next couple months. And uh, they're talking like 60 weeks. So we're looking like, you know, probably 2024, but the whole thing will be done. Um, it'll be a, a really neat facility. We're just trying to create it as kind of the uh, um, kind of destination brewery in, uh, in Western PA. Nice. So is there gonna be like a, a outdoor event space kind of stuff too or is that mainly indoor the the, the event space will, will be indoor um okay. so it'll be uh kind of enough room for like a small concert venue that'll yeah. hold like around 400 people and then also another kind of event space that'd be great for like corporate events right okay. now for birthday parties stuff like that and then we also are putting a huge deck out the back and kind of the cool thing is just be the elevation of the entire area off the that deck you can actually see even though it's six miles away you can see uh uh, the skyline, the city. Oh, wow. you can see the, the steel tower and stuff like that from there, and it looks over a valley um, and everything. So it's a, a neat space. <clears throat> There's actually a uh, we're sharing a parking lot with um, uh, acreage that uh, Collier Township is actually required by the um, uh, National Park Service to put a park in. So we're working with them to put in like biking and hiking trails oh, awesome. in there, like picnic space and 
and all of that. So that'll be right next to, to the brewery and share a parking lot. So you essentially come out, do a bike ride, the trail that goes from Pittsburgh all the way down to Washington, D.C., the CNO Canal. Yeah, like yeah. It goes right by there. Oh, so it's not that far. That's so like, awesome. yeah, so uh, there's a nice little like uh, tines there for kind of we're very outdoor oriented. So like having that outdoor space, the biking and all that well, stuff with the park right next to there's it. There's a huge cross section between uh actually all forms of biking yeah. and craft beer so yeah. a, a perfect synergy exactly it'll work it should work out really well so we're excited to get that moving i i don't remember from the article is that just where the command center was or yeah. was there a silo there also so that was just the command okay. center um and then there was the silos there's 13 of them that ring pittsburgh uh there was one close to there um but the reason it was on so high is because they needed a line of sight so if okay. one did launch they could confirm from the command center you know gotcha. that one actually launched off um, but they were kind of like circled uh, Pittsburgh, okay. which is kind of neat. So, could have yeah. built like an Airbnb in the yeah, silo. Inside the silo. I, know, I, know. I wish there was one of the silos there, but actually all the silos got decommissioned in like the 70s. So oh, those okay. have all so been converted to different stuff. And it was just a military base that they operated until, I think, until 2010. And okay. then we bought it and uh, um, they auctioned it off in like 2014. We bought it in 2017. Nice. So, yeah. Do you buy it at the auction or from no, the person who bought it? No, the person who bought it from the auction, okay. yeah. So. so they're the ones that got it really, really cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the way that goes. Yeah. Uh, so what, what size brew house and capacity do you have planned for out there? So out there we're going to put in a 30-barrel uh, brew house um, with uh, enough fermenters. Basically, in the first year, we're hoping to get up to um, uh, 10,000 barrels, and then uh, second year, probably 15,000. What do you put out here now? Uh, 2,500. Okay. So you're yeah, so be already putting out a, yeah, quite right, a bit of Quite beer. a decent bit about, yeah. And then we're looking for it because uh, the demand's out there. And so we're excited to uh, uh, get that going out there. Will you shift uh, what you do here and brew here to to do different kinds of stuff? Or yeah. So, so here we're going to uh, put in a small pilot system, which we... We already have. Uh, it'll just things will get shifted around here. This system will get pulled out of uh, Millville, and we'll put a small pilot system in here. So we'll do basically pub beers and different things just to experiment with stuff, and then we'll have that uh, bigger thirty barrel system out there. Okay, and then you'll sell. Yeah, sell we're not one hundred percent where. Yeah, it's, uh, things are always in flux. We're not one hundred percent what's going to happen with that guy, or if we can potentially because we're going with the same manufacturer, we may be able to incorporate part of the fifteen barrel okay. into that and basically be able to do like tandem brew, multi vessel type okay. of thing. So we're like exploring those options right now, but. Uh, a made like the majority of brewing will no longer be in Millville. We'll just do yeah. like that pilot system because we still want beers that like people want to see the beers yeah. that are brewed here, and so just do some special stuff. People like to see the stainless steel, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll definitely still have that yeah. here. But what it'll allow us to do is like expand a little bit of the seating inside, and so people can sit around down on the the former brew, okay. brew floor, which would be nice. The um, it it always seems like any brewery that is going like to this type of expansion where they're going from their original place to yeah. opening a production heavy place although you're going full in yeah on yeah. the second location that like what's being done with the original place is in flux even oh, past when the, the other yeah, place yeah. opens sometimes <laughs> up to the last minute yeah. it seems yeah <laughs> yep, like, so we're gonna keep it for this i don't know we may sell it let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see what uh, what works best once we get to that point right yeah. so. uh so what is is your number one sellers through through here now your hazies is that the yeah, what, so what you a, sell the most of yeah definitely um it's usually always uh, uh hazy oak juice grenades always the number yeah. one seller and then uh typically especially in the summer months it's whatever kolsch or lager we have on purely because people are just sitting around yeah. warm weather drinking and then it's always one of our fruited sours and typically it's whatever one's the the most recent out that people are interested in getting 
Um, so yeah, but yeah, hazies and fruited sours and the uh, are kind of especially for the uh, four packs to go and stuff like that. So people are coming to get beer to go. Those ones are definitely the the best sellers. And then for like on site kind of consumption, it's definitely. Uh, in the warmer weather, the the loggers and Kolsch yeah. and things like that. Kolsch must be very popular in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah there's quite I, a few I places had, that are putting it out. Yeah, it's I had good, no yeah. idea. Like I know, like, like especially uh, there's a growing trend to becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. But it seems like in Pittsburgh, people love Kolsch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it reminds them of Iron City. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's the closest <laughs> they can get to. Yeah, <laughs> that actually is drinkable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people people love Kolsch style. Um, yeah, like I said, loggers, pilsners are definitely uh, picking up and, and getting bigger. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's the hazies, and then it, it's always amazing because I go to a lot of our cities and like fruited sours are like there, but it doesn't seem like they picked up as as big. Yeah. And then around here, they're they're huge. Um, what about West Coast IPAs? Are you seeing the trend yeah. of those coming back? Thanks, stronger yeah, too. Yeah, yes, yes. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I love to have my my uh, taste buds assaulted yeah. by a super <laughs> bitter. Pine, piney yeah. resin. I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're uh, it, that's been fun because uh, we've been putting them out for years, and obviously we started doing more West Coast and whatnot, and so. Um, it's been nice to see within the past like two years um, we have our uh, clean line and a couple other uh, West Coast styles that we do that like it just seems like every time we put it out it just sells out just a little bit faster and so I think people like they still love the hazies but they also kind of are reminiscent they're enjoying that uh, cleaner crisp uh, you know tongue stripping you know bitter sometimes do you uh, do you follow haze boys on social media at all it's a I'm meme kidding. account where he just makes fun. I oh, mean, yeah, I think I've seen some of stuff. Mostly uh, on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There, there was, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a comment on a Hayes Boys post yeah. where it was making fun of, like, trends and craft mm-hmm. beer. And one of the replies was, I missed the days when breweries just tried to out-IBU each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the arms race for yeah. IBUs. Like, how many we get? Yeah. How, how many but, IBUs can I cram into it, this it, West yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never taste anything over yeah. 70 IBUs. But you know what? We're going to say 120 IBUs. That, like, so that's... Uh, like you, you were talking about trogues earlier. Yeah, that was. I mean, I told many times that uh, Nugget Nectar was my favorite beer for the longest time. Yeah. I was a crappy untapped user for the <laughs> longest time because I rate back when I rated stuff. I rated everything compared to Nugget Nectar. Oh, and how, yeah. <laughs> like Nugget to me, Nugget Nectar was a five. And how much I liked the beer I was trying compared to compared Nugget Nectar <laughs> is what they they got. So, um, but one of my favorite beers I ever had was a beer that they made with Pizza Boy because I think Pizza okay. Boy had won like a homebrew competition. So it was okay. before like Pizza Boy became what Pizza Boy oh, yeah, has become, and it was like a triple mango IPA or something. Okay, in every sip was like your tongue was being scraped with with something and it was just amazing oh really? it was the <laughs> so most bitter <laughs> best tasting beer i have ever had i don't know if i would still love it as much now like, yeah they're, they're looking back but yeah. like it was like the enamel was being ripped <laughs> off your teeth it was so good <laughs> the description does not make it sound like that i was gonna say you started it off amazing. and i thought it was going completely no, no, different direction but no, you actually it's one it, of yeah. the best beers i i've ever tasted i loved that beer that's awesome <laughs> But they said it was way too expensive to make oh, I can only on imagine, a regular yeah. scale. Like it was a ve- like I think they brewed it twice. Maybe was it on the scratch system, or so I I want to say the first time I had it was like at the original brew. Oh, okay, wow. and then yeah. yeah, they they made it again on the scratch, on the scratch system. system. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm pretty sure the first time I had it was at the original. In the original brewery. spot. Yes. Nice. Yeah. The triple but mango. Yeah. And then the <laughs> Palette Wrecker. Oh, yeah. Palette Wrecker. Hop was, Slam. Yeah. Like, All oh, those yeah. beers. Now, Hop Slam was too lightweight. That didn't have nearly as much. Oh, man. That, really, yes. <laughs> that honey, know, yeah. the honey. The honey, the honey made it up. too yeah, weak. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, yeah, <laughs> super sweet. I remember. I, but I remember when that first came out, buying it by the... Well, back then, you had to buy yeah. it by the case, right? So I was like buying a case of Hop Slam. And yeah. like, that, that and uh, Great Lakes came out with the... Uh, Lake Erie Monster or something yeah, like that. That was, that was like drink. that was a huge like imperial like IBU bomb. They have they have one out right now. I don't know how it is IB, IBU wise, but it's super bitter because it's a grapefruit IPA. It's oh, called okay. Ruby's Revenge. Oh, I've not that. It's right. super good. Oh, I think nice. it's a, like a limited yeah, series yeah. one or something. It's really really good. Um, I had another question and we went off on this IBU tangent yeah. and I can't remember what <laughs> what I was going to ask you. Uh, so it's so 2024 for they yeah, were hoping the yeah that, that should be looking yeah should be looking good so now we're kind of through all the permitting process and all the other uh, hoops we had to jump through to get there so. so do you plan on like doing hosting your own concerts and like kind of becoming a promoter or just making it available for uh, other people to back do and it? forth on that we work with uh, a couple like production companies like the, that sell tickets for like Mr. Smalls is a uh, pretty big venue yeah. here in Pittsburgh and so we've worked with like Opus One Productions and stuff so we just got to see where that's going to pan out like whether we want to like have somebody come in and like bring shows in for us yeah. or we want to kind of do it ourselves so um, really it's uh, the focus is like that idea is there but right now we just need to be able to get there yeah, and actually when we're close there. when we're close <laughs> then we'll, we'll, we'll you know figure those things out so. yeah one thing is for sure like if you have a, a beautiful place with an amazing view, mm-hmm. people are going to go to it no matter what. And you actually right add in good beer. Yeah. Then you're just the, you become overrun. We're hoping, <laughs> we're hoping it's a winning combo. I think it yeah. will be. So we're pretty confident. So, I mean, uh, I've been to places that people love, and it, it's purely based on the view. The, view, the yeah. beer is no good. <laughs> it's not good, yeah. But the scenery and the, the atmosphere of the yep. place itself makes that phenomenal yep. ex- yeah. successful. So <laughs> when you add in actual good beer, like I, th- I think you, you're on to you're something, something good. out there. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I was going to say, do you have, any, have anything else coming up? But I... Yeah, I feel like you've, you've already you already listed enough on your plate. Yeah, that. we got a, we got a lot of fun stuff going on. Now we're just uh, excited to be able to keep you know brewing great beer, and uh, people seem to enjoy it. And that's uh, what makes us happy is uh, you know people coming and enjoying it and, and seeing people. So. Uh, you had mentioned an anniversary party coming up, is, or was it just your it anniversary? Just happened. Yeah, just, oh, so just Memorial happened. Day was yeah yeah we just had our eighth anniversary, so that was a that was a blast. Uh, Hopefully our tenth will be celebrated out at uh, at Collier. That's kind of perfect timing. Should hopefully work out for it. Which means it's probably like something. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, (laughs) because it would be too perfect. I've already I've already prepared myself to know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, So, whenever you go to grab for a beer, what what do you prefer to drink? You know, I am uh, I'm still a huge IPA fan. I know like so many brewers yeah. and, and brewery owners and whatnot are, are now they're on the the lager train and that's all yeah. they drink. But I'm <laughs> I'm still an IPA guy at heart. So um, I love our hazies. There's a lot of good hazies coming out. But uh, like I mentioned, I'm I'm happy to see the West Coast uh, yeah. you know, trend kind of. I don't know if it's a trend, but never really went away. But that you know people are enjoying them more. So oh, I think they they I feel like they went almost completely away for. 
at least a couple of years. Yeah, it was hard to find them locally. I'll tell you that much. So, like, I'm sure out in California, they're still being cranked yeah. out on the regular. But, uh, yeah, anything local, it was hard to find a, a clear IPA for a bit there. And so it's nice to see a lot of places bringing them back. And there's some there's some good ones being made around here. So, so I've definitely seen a few collaboration beers you've done. Mm-hmm. Do you do those fairly regularly? Or yeah, so... It- uh, Usually those opportunities arise, and, and we try to uh, take advantage of them if they make sense. Um, uh, you know, actually, one that's uh, kind of exciting that we're actually announcing in our newsletter tomorrow, um, which I'm not sure when this is going to come out. but uh, Not till Friday, so you're not, okay, you're so not scooping not yourself. scooping myself. So, uh, <laughs> we're actually uh, Barrel and Flows, uh, a huge festival here in Pittsburgh, yeah. the first black-focused uh, 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 beer festival in the country. And so we've been involved with that since the beginning. Uh, this year for our collaboration, we actually worked with um, Wiz Khalifa and the Taylor Gang. Oh, that's um, awesome. We're based out of, out of Pittsburgh here. Yeah. So uh, we just brewed that last week, and so we're announcing that uh, tomorrow. So that's our uh, collab for, uh, for Baron Flow. So we're excited to, uh, to do that. And, uh, um, yeah, just uh, always love uh, uh, doing collabs, especially when it opens us up to uh, working with somebody from outside the area. Yeah. So you yeah, pick their I, saw, like I think you have one for, with RAR right now, right? Uh, we actually brought that back. We had, okay. we, yeah, we had done that. Uh, actually, I think we did that before the pandemic. Okay. And so, um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of uh, collabs that we we just enjoyed doing so much, and yeah. <clears throat> they've been well good sellers. So the one with RAR, the pair party was uh, was great. Um, the the one we did with um, uh, a Good Word Brewing and uh, Birds Fly South, which we called Good Bird House. That's one that oh, we continually nice. bring back because that was just such an awesome beer. So there's there's ones that we've done. Uh, collabs of folks. What style like, was that? Uh, so it was a dark lager. Okay. So yeah, um, that was the, the birds for the, the good birdhouse. So yeah, there's uh, uh, doing those and especially good something really amazing beer. Oh yeah, their stuff is awesome. So I've um, had Todd was on a few months ago. I had him on. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then sometimes like locally things uh, kind of make sense. Like the Whiskey Leaf one makes sense because obviously he's uh, Pittsburgh based and everything. And so and what, grew what's up the here. name of that beer? Uh, Wiz Khalifa Steel City Sunshine. So nice. it's going to be a uh, so it's a wheat beer, uh, wheat based beer because that's something that they drink a lot of on tours. Yeah. A lot of wheat based beers. Uh, so it's like a wheat, uh, a light wheat summertime kind of ale with uh, um, citrus, and uh, we're using terpenes. Oh, cool. So yeah, so. I feel like terpenes have finally been figured out by breweries. Yeah, because no. the first few I had that. Uh, were made were awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> were, but I, I don't, th- I don't know that it was the brewery's fault because yeah. a lot of them told me like they, f- like cut the dosing recommendation yeah. down from even what the manufacturer told them that, yeah. and it was still way too much. Yeah, so and I, I think, think that technology now, like the the laws are a little bit more favorable towards it. Like that's advanced a bit more. Yeah. So the stuff we're able to get is very like. Um, it's mostly on the aromatic side, right? So yeah. it's going to give you that nice, like, strong, kind of, like, danky aromatic is what we're going for. Then with a blend of citrus, and I think it uh, should turn out really nice. It'd be a nice, like, uh, you know, summertime crusher. So did he come out to the brewery for it and he, work? They with, actually or? just started a tour. So oh, okay. he was able to come out, but um, uh, a bunch of the guys from Taylor Gang, um, Fed the God, uh, who's a local rapper, who's actually, he had to leave the next day to, okay. to join the tour. Yeah. So they were able to come by. And a couple of those guys will be able to stop by for Barrel and Flow. Awesome. But uh, unfortunately, was like just started this yeah. national tour. They're going cross country. So he wasn't able to come by busy. for that. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> like everybody. So. All right. Is there where where do people where should people go to stay up to date on what's going on with Grist House? Oh, definitely any of our social medias at Grist House for everything. So you know, uh, Instagram is where we put out most of our content. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, 
Um, and then sign up for our newsletter. That's where you're going to get all the, uh, the most uh, up-to-date stuff. And then, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find us. All right. Want to answer some stupid questions? Sure. All right. I end, end every episode uh, just asking random stupid questions. This has become a very popular one. Uh, so I'll ask that f- to you first. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Oh, a ninja. That's wrong, but okay. uh, thank you for answering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is Batman a ninja? Yes. I don't know. Uh, that, that one just no right or wrong answer. I mean, I guess the, the, which uh, uh, storyline are you following? I guess if we're going Christopher Nolan then. I mean, so actually, my- I, think, I think that is the right answer. Because uh, a lot of people do bring that up, yeah. like who he trains uh, as a ninja. Yeah, because yeah. then, then like other iterations of Batman, definitely is not a ninja. No, just a no. rich man in the suit. In the suit, as yeah, other yeah, people exactly, have yeah. said. Yeah, pizza or tacos? Tacos. Flats or drumsticks? The whole wings. You're the first person to ever give that option. That's the only. That's, that's good, the only real uh, wing. They're, they're cheating you if you're trying to split them on you. It's a good point. Whole wings or get out. I may I may need to amend my answer. Yeah. Because I've always said the correct answer was flats, but you may have just changed my mind. <laughs> best of both worlds, yeah. Uh, what would the title of your biography be? Oh. Wow, that's a tough one. That might be it. <laughs> I would, that, that would be that's a good a, one. That, that yeah. was a tough one, yeah. <laughs> uh, best fast food French fries. Defend your answer. Oh, uh, Wendy's, Fresh Crud, Sea Salt. Those ones are good. Yeah. Uh, well, defend your answer. Because they're fresh cut. They have <laughs> sea salt. <laughs> unfortunately, you- uh, unfortunately, now because my second uh, has a protein intolerance, he can't have rice. And the only French fry at, by a fast food place that doesn't have rice flour on it is McDonald's. Huh. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's barely I, food. Yeah. But apparently really? the rice flowers makes them crispier. So huh. the only oh, but the they, only fast food French fry you can have is from McDonald's. And I think they make them crispy because they like they blanch them in sugar first, and then they're yeah, fried. And they're fried, and, yeah, and that's the way they do it. Do you wash apples before eating them? Yes. Like actually wash them or just rub them? Rinse on your them shirt? off. Okay, it's a quick rinse. Yeah. So so you're a little bit better than most, but not quite, yeah, yeah, as, quite good yeah. as fully washing. <laughs> What's scarier, aliens or clowns? Clowns. That, that, that is <laughs> surprising. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really afraid of either. Yeah. But if, if we're gonna go by like popularity of answer, yeah, the, yeah clowns, it, clowns is the correct is what, answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really jams the people up in their youth, right? It did. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I read that book. Oh yeah, I definitely. Because yeah. the book, like, when, when you allow your imagination to fill in what a movie oh, does but, yeah. for you, it's way worse. Yep, yep. Um, name a famous person you would love to meet. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Why? I think he's hysterical. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like I've loved his movie. Like since Van Wilder. Like, I mean, he's, he's done some. He's done some flops, but I think the majority yeah. of stuff I've enjoyed. He's <clears> one <throat> of those people though. I'd be afraid to meet though because, like, from social media or like even like his uh, the own videos he just makes on his own yeah. and make it seem like he's an amazing just cool person yeah. and i'd be so afraid to find out that like he was just an awful uh, he's not asshole. right yeah, it's like never meet your heroes <laughs> yeah. right because uh, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he is who he, he, is, yeah, he yeah. is what is the worst concert you've ever attended uh 
Corn 2005 in State College. Why? Uh, Disturbed open for them, who was, okay. I was excited to see, and they were great. And then I don't know who messed up the sound, but like the whole corner was like almost unintelligible. Like you oh. couldn't understand it. I don't know if he was like on something, but yeah, <laughs> this the whole thing. Like I, we left halfway through, it was just not great. Does pizza should pizza have pineapple on it? No, correct answer. Yeah, is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? I haven't been on a first date in. 20 years, so I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> she wouldn't know anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is Nickelback actually a good band? No. Correct answer. Yeah. Uh, what goes in the bowl first, cereal or milk? Cereal. Correct answer. Yeah. How do you feel about garden milk gnomes? first. So, who, so actually, <laughs> I, I was solidly, solidly in the, like, you're just a maniac if you put yeah. the milk in first. And then Jeremiah, the owner of Kings, okay, like apparently has like a whole ritual of eating so. <laughs> <laughs> like I almost I, I need to isolate the audio to his answer and just post Play it that, separately, yeah. <laughs> uh, because he'll put a milk in the bowl and then add a little bit of cereal, eat it, add a little bit of cereal, eat it, because he hates soggy cereal. Okay, <laughs> so all right. I, the, the theory there. I feel I like guess, if yeah. you have such an aversion to soggy cereal, then now maybe, does he but, drink the milk at the end? I, didn't I was so over, thrown right? off by his answer yeah. that I, I didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's hard to judge up. the ratio of how much milk to cereal you need. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the right answer is cereal, it's cereal first. first. Yeah. But yeah. he just blew my mind with <laughs> the, like, putting in a little bit at a time so nothing yeah, yeah. gets soggy. I'm, I'm, I'm not averse to it, yeah. <laughs> um, if you were a wrestler, what would your walkout music be? Oh, man. Uh... I walk out music if I was a wrestler. Skip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best gift you have ever received? Best gift I've ever received. Man, I don't want to take too long to answer this. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. Well, if, if it comes to mind, feel free to shout it. Yeah, it, well, it's going to hit me later. It's going to hit me later. But yeah. I just received mine. Okay. So I'm gonna, oh, wow. So it's fresh mine. on your mind. Yes. Yeah. So are you familiar with Huffy Glass? No. Have you seen like the the glassware that 450 North? Oh, sells, okay. Like, yeah. The yeah. super elaborate hand blown glass. That's yeah. done by Huffy Glass. Okay. Good friends with him. Huge collector of his stuff. Yeah. I've worked with him with several breweries at this point. Okay. So my 15th anniversary was a couple weeks ago. Nice. And my Congrats. wife, thank you. <laughs> my wife contacted him because we often uh, have margaritas at night. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I always use a Huffy glass and then like a little rocks glass for her. So she felt slighted that I, she felt like I always got more. I will argue to the <laughs> forever that yeah. I was, I was, I gave us the same amount, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she contacted him and had him make us a matching set of hand blown margarita glasses, and they're just absolutely amazing. That's so awesome. Actually, that so I, I, it did come to me, and it's actually, because it's weird, because you always think gift, and you think like birthday gift or something like that, yeah. but actually the best gift I received is actually for uh, my wife and I's wedding, and my dad, um, hand me, he's a woodworker, and he made a grandfather clock. 
Oh, nice. So full like grandfather clock, and so that sits in our <clears throat> in our living room. But that was definitely the best gift. So he's quite yeah, talented. Very talented. Yeah. Or yeah. it's just a janky. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's like oh, it's, crooked, a, very, it's a very nice piece. Yeah. <laughs> that that he's phenomenally talented woodworker. Yeah. yeah so. so no wonder you're able to build a building or something like this. Yeah. <laughs> Is dad over there working right yeah. now? Actually, he made these stables, so <laughs> it's like, yeah. He does good work. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about garden gnomes? Uh, indifferent. Uh, flamingos uh, is a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, how do you feel about uh, garden oh, I flamingos? I, I think they're ridiculous. <laughs> As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? As a kid? Uh, actually, I felt like I was going to go into some sort of construction. Okay. So, like, and my dad did that growing up. His advice, which was very good advice, was there's easier ways to make a living than doing construction. <laughs> yeah. But I went Your off to college. Will thank, thank you. you. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That 100%. And so, thankfully, I, you know, I kind of listened to that advice, but I was uh, going for school for uh, um, construction uh, management. And okay. why not? So, to kind of be in that field. But then I realized I'm horrendous at math. And so, I ended up in journalism. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many pairs of underwear do you pack for a three day trip? Three. No contingency plans. I, if we're going to talk <laughs> underwear, I actually am a diehard. I love hiking. I do mountaineering okay. a lot and stuff like that. And so ex officio underwear is great because it's easily washable uh, and quick dry in a sink. So no matter what happens, you, you, you have having a pair. Plan. Yeah. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Sing. What would I do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. If you were having a plumbing issue, who would you call, Mario or Luigi? Uh, Luigi, because I feel like Mario's just a, you know, he probably doesn't know that much. He's not really, you know. Luigi is the superior brother. Yeah, exactly. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. (laughs) You have strong thoughts of that. (laughs) Who was the real bully, Daniel LaRusso or Johnny Lawrence? No, Daniel LaRusso. And I will have this argument with anybody. <laughs> I mean, especially you, now that I'm rewatching uh, or watching Cobra Kai, yeah, which Cobra is a phenomenal. Kai really, great, really solidifies really, it. Yeah. I feel like they watch those YouTube videos yeah. about what, like Danny being, being the real, real like, bully. Yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna prove it. After I saw those YouTube videos, I rewatched the movies, and I was like, man, Russo is a bit of a dick. What is the best Robin Williams movie? Uh, I'm between Mrs. Doubtfire. And hook. One hour photo is the correct answer. Ooh. <laughs> You're a scary it's, movie guy, huh? <laughs> I don't know, like it's just I, I've always been in the photography. Oh, okay. And so like <laughs> like one hour photo was just well, one, it was just so different than oh, anything, anything he's, he's made. Yeah. And it was just like the videography of that that movie yeah, was, was just good. phenomenal. Who directed that? I do not remember. Okay. Um and I actually don't even know if I would like it if I watched it now. See, that's, a, that's remember, a dangerous game, right? I Going remember, back, and, like when yeah. I watched it, like my mind was just blown by that movie, just yeah. like it being so outside of what Robin Williams typically did, yeah. and like yeah. it was just so it was out of his norm, yeah. which is cool. So actually, I could hate it now. That, that's the dangerous part about it, right? I think what was it? Uh, Disney Plus came out, and they're like, "Oh, all the old cartoons they brought back." Oh, and I'm yeah. like, "I'm gonna rewatch Gargoyles because I remember that cartoon yeah. from growing up, and it was just." God awful. Like, <laughs> but what did stand up to the test of time was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I, I need to watch those because yeah. I loved that growing up. Uh, one, a, a dangerous game we have found is watching movies and stuff that we loved as a kid yeah. and then 
showing them to our kids without rewatching them beforehand yeah. and being appalled at what our parents let us watch. Yeah, what, that just <laughs> happened we're the not other even day like about, yeah. super protective no, or like <laughs> helicopter parents and we're yeah. watching like, how was I allowed to watch yeah, this? Yeah, that just happened the other day with my four-year-old. I was like, oh, I remember. Oh, it was, uh, oh, man. All the Disney movies, the parents die, right? So that was like oh, that's yeah, always that's, messed yeah. up. But like, or was, even current ones, they, uh, someone's dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Fox and the Hound. I don't remember that. That I, was a dark movie. Actually, like, I don't know if I ever even saw that. Like I remember growing up and loving it as a kid, and then I just rewatched it with my four-year-old, and I'm like, why am I letting him? Like this is like traumatizing. But like we put Gremlins on. Oh, for yeah. the oh, yeah. like, we're like, holy <laughs> hell! What the hell? What is <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> You let me watch this. Yeah. My, my seven-year-old was like, that. Yeah, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, kid. We, didn't, yeah. we didn't make it far into it. It's like, don't worry. We're not yeah, going to yeah, watch yeah. <laughs> This is on daddy. This is my bad. <laughs> and then, like, I can't remember, like, a specific example, but, like, the amount of, like, sexual innuendo in oh, every yeah. 80s movie was yeah. off the charts. Yep. Yeah. They were, yeah. <laughs> they were not, not They weren't even really hiding it. It was, yeah. like, it was just out there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one more question. Sure. Is cereal a type of soup? Oh. See, I'm very confident on the hot dog question. Yeah. But that one's... Cereal a type of soup? Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I can't wait to uh, see when you have next... Well, I mean, it's barely next door. Yeah. Like, I guess uh, off to the right. Off to the, yeah, open. yeah. Stage right is yeah. open. Yeah, be- open. And then especially going to your new compound. Yeah, the compound will be awesome. The, the Pittsburgh Disneyland of beer. Be, exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this has been a pleasure. Really appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.